editors, and hosts of Top Stat Talk, award-winning journalist Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. That other voice that you guys heard, if you're not watching us on Instagram Live right now, is as always. If you hear that voice. You know. That's a Colorado voice. Oh, man. What's that supposed to mean? That's a I don't admit nothing if you just let me say it. Okay, go ahead. That's what I was saying. That's a Colorado voice. That's my guy, Deontay Duna Hagler. I'm telling you guys. Yo, I'm calling him Duna the rest man. of the show. Hey, I, I appreciate that. I, I'd rather you do that, man, because there's so many people that be messing up my name, and I just be like. I had this conversation with somebody recently, and we were talking about names, and and uh, I've just gotten to the point where when I say my name, Terrell, I say two R's, one M. I just beat you to the punch. like, And then when people say it, people be like, oh, like Terrell Owens. No, no, not like Terrell Owens. <laughs> you just said it yourself. One is Terrell, one is Terrell. Two two different things. Like two different names, man. They 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 be like, you hear you hear Deontay. I I tell them they be like, how you pronounce your name, Deontay? How you spell it? D apostrophe A and T E. The E got a little uh thing over it. Accent mark. Accent mark. So they like they like oh Dante. <laughs> Happens all the time. All right, so what you're not going to do is <laughs> you're not going to have me tell you how it's said, how it's pronounced, you know, how it's spelled, and then go ahead and do that. Just give me – I gave you a nickname. Here, you can I, do this. I was just about to say, <laughs> so it seems like for the rest of this show, either I'm going to be really chatterbox to real one of the two, and obviously my guy over to my left is going to be doing it. Salim just texted me and said he was going to be here. So if you listen shirt. to our show on Wednesday – Salim, Salim pops up every every time I I make arrangements thinking that Salim isn't gonna be here. Salim finds a way to be here. So as always, I'm gonna just I'm gonna give him his shout out right now. Shout out to our Florida man fact checker, our show producer, Salim Dweck. That man is clutch. Yeah, man. I don't. I yeah, man. <laughs> I don't even know how many shows he's missed. It's, I think he's missed one. And honestly, I think we canceled one. Uh. When I mean, not that it ever really calmed down, but the height of everything that's going on um, over in the Middle East, I remember we canceled a show, and I think the only thing that we posted on our social media was hashtag Free Palestine, Palestine, and we kind of just left it alone. So I think that may have been the only show that Salim has missed. Like that may have been the only one, and that's a canceled show, so doesn't even count as a missed show. But again, welcome to it. Welcome to it. In case you are unfamiliar, let me go ahead and introduce you to it. Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest Superbook in the world for over 50 years. This hotel was the largest in the world for nearly a decade. If you guys want to be a part of this energy, I'm literally watching people line up right now at these teller windows. They're they're definitely placing their best, and I think you should do so. And if you want to do so, come visit us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000. Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Let's go ahead and start the show. Um, The book. Shout out to the book, as always. <laughs> There's nothing like a good book. There, hey, you know Especially what? Especially if it's super. <laughs> like I did that. I did. I do, actually. Yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> um, But you know what's funny? We talk about sponsorships and everything else and, and how it goes for us. But... Or how it goes in general for just people. And you kind of just watch it. Just growing up, you watch sponsorships and things like that. I had a conversation with somebody recently. And um, 
I went and looked in my room and I said, I got to figure out what to do with these 100 plus aviator hats and these six boxes of T-shirts. Like (laughs) this, like the amount of merch that we get is one thing, but the amount of merch merch that we get to give out is another thing. Like it's it's like a whole store. It's like a we're like a mini store. (laughs) We are a hundred percent. We are like a mini store. And I'm trying to triple check, and I don't think my mom. Yeah, I don't see one. I don't see a tipping from my mom, so we're actually gonna switch it up today because my dad sent me his uh, Wednesday night, and I didn't get to it. So we gotta I, get to I'm, on my, I'm on my apology tour right now. So let's go ahead and talk about that right now. My dad said that this COVID situation is really dividing people instead of, put, instead of pulling people together. It's either I got the vaccine or I didn't get the vaccine. Either I'm masking up or I'm not masking up. Some events are only allowing vaccinated or recently negative tested people in. We all want what's best for one, or excuse me, we all want what's best for one another. And no one wants to see anybody anybody else get sick. But this is starting to look like a form of segregation. One reason for me is because the NFL's new rule, I feel, is completely nonsense. According to the new NFL rule, and he quoted, if a game is unable to be rescheduled during an 18-week regular season window due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team experiencing the outbreak will be forced to forfeit the game. That team also would be responsible for covering lost revenue from that game. Meanwhile, let me scroll down. Meanwhile, excuse me, neither teams nor players will receive their weekly game checks. But get ready for this. The NFL also states that, and he quoted as well, if a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams, end quote. But the league will not apply the same leniency to teams, to teams with outbreaks among unvaccinated players. Sounds fair to me. And before I didn't understand, oh, and before I didn't understand why, and he mentioned me, why me, along with a lot of other people, stopped watching NFL games for either one season or stopped watching altogether. I'm getting close to that point. Not just because it is, but this may be the the last straw. I was in total agreement with Jerry Jones when it was time for Roger Goodell's contract extension. He led the charge with the 26 owners who are not on the NFL Compensation Committee. Opposing the, which my dad put in parentheses, Goodell's bosses. Opposing the new contract. Yeah, I'm sorry. They were, what? Okay, the 26 NFL owners who are not on the NFL commission committee opposing a new contract because Goodell is making too much money. And when you look at the state of the league right now, and it's been this way for quite a while, what good has Goodell done for the league? That's just my opinion. One more note. I think I'm going to start listening to Eric Clapton. He's doing a world tour. Some venues that he's supposed to perform at have stated that they will only sell tickets to fans that can prove that they are vaccinated. Clapton Clapton has responded by saying that any venue that has vaccinated-only policies, he will not be performing at. So, my dad's standpoint, as I said before, is what we talked about in the very beginning of this COVID pandemic and this outbreak. They said that the vaccine, whether you believe that it's smart or not smart to get it, it said people said that they weren't. And I say they, meaning the health industry, 
the government, whatever you want to call it. They were going to not force people to, to get the vaccine. And immediately in that time, a lot of people started to kind of look around and say, well, they're just going to provide restrictions to people that aren't vaccinated. Therefore, you will kind of be forced to get it. That's pretty much my dad's standpoint with this in terms of looking at the NFL. I think when you actually quote their verbiage and you realize that it's quite contradictory. It's, it's very, it, it very is. Um, just a few days ago, uh, last, I want to say Wednesday, maybe Thursday, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson tested positive for COVID-19. That is true. And that is the second time he's gotten covid um, so it, it's, and he's one of those, those players that doesn't, be, doesn't want to, he's against the vaccination. So, you know, and it, it kind of sucks because now you're, now you're looking at it like your dad quoted, you're looking at it as you're not going to get paid because you're not going to get vaccinated. Yeah. Now you're taking on top of possibly costing your team a loss. It's a like, loss. it's a forfeit. Like so. it's, it's, it's a whole forfeit. Now it's like. Now it's deemed as you're not a team player. Um, you're not ready for the NFL. Uh, you're taking food out of my family's mouth. It's a whole lot of stuff that goes into this. And the, like I mentioned, I, I mentioned last Sunday when I was on the show, COVID has spiked up. It has respiked. That Delta strain is different. Yeah, they can, they, they can tell y'all to get vaccinated. I can tell you to get vaccinated and wear your mask because I'm one of them that's vaccinated and still wear my mask, but it doesn't, it doesn't really help. There's still vaccinated people that are getting COVID. Okay. And it's, it's kind of like a, it's trying to slow it down. That's what the whole vaccination is to slow down COVID. So it's in control. But if you look at it now, it's, it doesn't even matter whether you get vaccinated or not. People are still going to do what they want to do at the end of the day, no, and matter, what the that, government can, no matter what the government can say. You kind of just mentioned it, too, in terms of Lamar Jackson getting COVID as well. But Chris Paul caught COVID after he was vaccinated and had to miss the first two games of the Western Conference Finals. That is very true. But he also didn't have a he didn't have a, a the NBA. I, I love the way uh, the NBA is how they run things because Chris Paul, he didn't lose out on money because of that. Absolutely not. So now it's like Lamar and Lamar is up for a new contract extension for Baltimore. So now how do you how do you go about that? Your starting quarterback is is tested of COVID and then the NFL brings out all these rules. Bruce Aarons, see they they thought the NFL, some people outside of the NFL actually thought it was Bruce Aarons that were fining players because mm -hmm. they weren't getting vaccinated. Nah, 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 nah. That's the NFL. That's all Roger Goodell. And your dad is right. Roger Goodell ain't do nothing for the NFL. I'm going to be honest. I, I that, that tip in right there was great because he hasn't done nothing for the NFL. Has the NFL progressed at any time, any season? You let me know. If you think the NFL has changed in general, and you know, I love to be, and uh, I love to be the the antagonist just for, just just for me reasons. I just like to do it, and I can't. Is, <laughs> this is I don't you, know because I'm you know I'm on the. Uh, it's usually you. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually the one, but I can't. I I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I don't. At the end of the day, we talk about it so many times. The NFL has dropped the ball in so many oper- in so many moments. But more than that, the moments where they have made the right decision, it's been prolonged because. We, I mean, for what it's worth, we talked about the Ray Rice situation a couple of weeks ago. The NFL had that video. Actually, that was Wednesday. The NFL had that video. Very. They had the video and didn't move until we saw the video. So Yeah, until it was posted to social media. So let, let that speak for what it speaks for in terms of the NFL's ability to have a moral compass. And what's so funny is uh, Max Kellerman always says that businesses are amoral. Their job is to make money. So morals really don't kind of come into that. However, you look at the NBA, and one could argue they do. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I said one could argue because if you look <laughs> at the situation in China, one could say, uh, money kind of trumped in that one. But as well, you look at Adam Silver and whether Daryl Morey was incorrect or correct, Adam Silver said Daryl Morey essentially said what he said. Whatever happens, happens. Okay, yeah. So at at some point, um, you, you you see the glaring differences. You see the obvious differences between those two leagues, at the very least. If you want to bring in some other leagues, we can do that as well. Um, we're actually going to switch to a different league right now. This is the first time that I think you're actually coming on the show to talk about it. Um, news broke. I got two new, two news things that I need to mention right now that broke uh, recently. And the first one is Evander Kane denies that he bet on NHL games. I'm not going to touch that with a 40-foot pole right now because I I found that out literally as I walked into the clubhouse. So you guys aren't nailing me to any opinions right now. So next topic. <laughs> um, the second one is – what are you laughing for? I was very serious. Um, the second one is Marc-Andre Fleury agrees to play hockey for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um – as mentioned before, I expected that to happen. I expected Mark Andre Fleury to eventually go down to Chicago. I don't even know if he ends the year in Chicago. That's a separate story. I believe he does end up back in Pittsburgh before his career is over. Um, I said that even before the Golden Knights traded him. I even knew the Golden Knights was going to make trades. I was telling y'all throughout the season that they were going to make trades. Yeah, unless they win a championship, or unless they would have won a championship, I didn't championship. see. I didn't unless they unless they were going to win it. And that was the only time I could see him stay. But again, he might yeah. I don't know. I can I can see that. I can see him going back to the team he started with and retiring. Um there there's a lot of players that's doing that now. Um My I, God. I first and foremost wanna, you know, say you had a good run with the Golden Knights. Yes, yeah, and, and that's something that wasn't a shock for me. Somebody mentioned before, or who was it? Somebody on Twitter, I don't think it was Las Vegas locally, but somebody mentioned that in four years you became like 
a martyr in the city, basically. Like, you'll forever, obviously, be a Las Vegas legend. Um, and I, I, for what it's worth, I'm sure that that, and I've never been traded, per se, but I'm sure that feels nice to hear. But I'm not. Uh, I, I don't think so because once you're traded, you're like, man, like it, the community it's, it's, didn't trade you. you. You're right. It's one of those. It's 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 one of those uh, moments or or uh, feelings. Like ah, I feel great for the appreciation, but but. <laughs> but you know that butt is always in there. But uh, but your butt has to do with the franchise. It doesn't have to do with the community. True, but at least I wouldn't. You think. get you get. So the franchise is the franchise because of the community. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I would never say that it's not. But the reason why I said eh, is because I'm going to go right back to what Alex said at the start of this show. And if you are an avid supporter of Talk That Talk, we appreciate you. And I'm so sorry for repeating this for the umpteenth time, but I'm going to do it. Alex said probably right after the, uh, the season began, I mean, right before, that Mark andre Fleury was the locker room's guy. He was the community's guy. He may even be the team's guy. She never thought that he was Pete DeBoer's guy. So uh, that, is, that is true. Shout out to Alex. Definitely. She that's that's somebody who watches the Golden Knights inside and out. So when she said that, I I, I it was ingrained into my brain. So throughout the year I watched it. And Robin Leonard obviously dealt with injuries. Mark Andre Fleury doesn't get that much regular season burn if Robin Leonard is there. So we we kind of expected this move to come. Uh, I think the way that it happened probably is the reason why Mark Andre Fleury has a sour taste in his mouth. But Nick Holden was also traded from the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But here's the next one. And Salim, perfect time for you to walk in. And as I said before, man, we we're very transparent here. We try to be as transparent as we can. And that just means that me and Salim either have been really busy. Maybe both things are true. And or we're not doing our jobs properly. Because this is the second time this week that I didn't think you were coming at all. Uh, you know, I'm here. <laughs> yes, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Hey, do you do you think that we love you? You should know that we love you now. <laughs> Even when you're not here. <laughs> We're always thinking about you, man. Even you should know that. Here. You know he's back, though. Yeah, okay. Still. I'm not going to say same old Marlins, and we're going to get into some baseball in a, in a short second as well, and I know you guys are probably going to be a little geeked about this because – Never mind. We'll get to it in a second. Right. You you said it in the beginning of the year. Right. They got a one nothing lead right now. I don't want to say that you did, um, but one thing you I can say that you did have faith in, and you should have faith in. You're pretty good at. Picking who should go, and that kind of sounds weird, it's but like, um, yeah. In terms of anything, in terms of like <laughs> so, trading, free in terms of anything. But where I'm yeah. about to take this, 
is I just mentioned Mark Andre Fleury. I just mentioned Nick Holden. Ryan Reeves was traded away from the Vegas Golden Knights this week. And it's Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I will say. Sounds like what I was saying. <laughs> I, what I will say is everybody sounds the same. Like, I don't know what's going on. Sam said the exact same thing on, on uh, Wednesday. At the end of the day, if you look yourself in a mirror and you ask yourself, can you win a championship, presently constructed, after these last couple of postseasons, the answer is pretty evidently no. You can't. You got to make changes. Now, so, what those changes are, now that's up to that's, that's that up to, remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. Now, what needs to happen is totally different. But as, a, as again, in Vegas, a Las Vegas native, it's time that you put forth and got past the first and second round. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, too, you could say that it was a, a Cinderella run or whatever the case may be. They have gone to the Stanley Cup championship. I mean, it. true, very true. <laughs> Didn't come away with the hardware. Yeah, very true. And that was like what their inaugural season. That was <laughs> absolutely, which is great. But what guys, guys, that? guys? I'm just stating facts. That was it. Hey man, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you know how like just sometimes the show just flows and it was just like you started, then you went, then you <laughs> went, then you went. I'm like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. all right, all right, all right. Everybody relax. I got to put the butt in every time. Everybody relax. All caps. Um, But Ryan Reeves was actually sent to the New York Rangers, which I'll, I'll pause it right there for a split second. That's good for him. And that's good for them. It puts him in a situation where you don't have to go back to the bottom third of the NHL. But in terms of the New York Rangers, you are the New York Rangers. So... You get a player in – you get an enforcer, and that's the word that obviously we keep seeing get thrown around anytime Ryan Reeves is mentioned. You get an enforcer like Ryan Reeves, I don't know. All I'm going to say is the same way that the New York Islanders shocked people this year, I don't know. Locker room guys are important, and I don't mean always for – the giggles. Nah, they're important for for various for reasons. Various reasons. Would know. Absolutely, and this is what's so interesting and the reason why I'm happy you said that and where I was going with it. Um, I watched the city of Las Vegas love that energy when Ryan Reeves got here. And by the time that he was gone from here, it was part of the reason why people wanted him gone. And when he said the spirit of 75 will live in Las Vegas forever, I believe he's right. 
because these early Vegas Golden Knight teams are just always going to be going to be remembered in this valley, in my opinion. However, as I said before, I believe that was against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, the penalty that he incurred, or yeah, it, uh, incurred, ended up costing him not only getting ejected that game, but getting suspended two games after. And I believe those were the first two games of the next round. So, again, <laughs> I'm happy for the New York Rangers because of what they're getting in Ryan Reeves in the complete package. However, similar to here, if they don't win right away, I don't know how long that energy is going to be positive. That's it. I'm moving on. Um, the Golden Knights also got a 2022 third round pick in the uh, in that deal. Tyler Bischoff, as I always say, he loves to say that he's a troll, and I hate that. Um, but he tweeted, and I don't know if he's trolling, but he tweeted a fact. He said, so when you kind of strip away everything, the Golden Knights got more for Ryan Reeves than they did for Marc-Andre Fleury. If you're looking at it in terms of tangible objects, but I think what the what the franchise was saying, what some fans was obviously say, is that money that we kept is tangible. So we're and gonna be able to spend that elsewhere in yeah, terms of freeing just, up the cap space. I so gonna, I was just gonna say it, it was it was more so his move was more so cap space, a hundred percent, so that they can look what free agency is gonna bring them. Slim, I'm really upset because we definitely have another mic for you, and we just don't have it set up because I didn't think you were coming. Um, he's that talented. He doesn't need one. No, he's that guy. <laughs> um, but let, let's talk really quick about the Aviators. It's still uh, still inside of local news right now. But I have bad news for you guys. Oh, um, no. The Aviators have lost three straight games here at home. To the Tacoma Rainiers. So let me explain why that's important. The team is currently in third place. And at the start of this series, they were two games behind second place. Can you guys guess who's in second place? Tina, did you just lost to? <laughs> the Tacoma Rainiers. <laughs> so today... On the wake up, the Aviators are 37 and 38 on the year, 19 and 20 at home, by the way. Five games behind Tacoma, and now they are 10 games behind first place, behind the first place Reno Aces. I, Reno in first place in any <laughs> any league is shouldn't happen. Should not happen at all. Um, that's one. Two, you got. <laughs> Pretty much swept. <laughs> well, you still got three, three more games left, so you could get swept twice. And I we hope that doesn't happen. So, could it be injuries? No. Could so, here's the deal. I'm happy that you said that because you know it clearly has to be something, right? Yes. So, remember when, Celine, we had to, I'm not sure if you were on the show, uh, Duna, but, Celine, remember we had the conversation about Frank Schwindel being uh, – Designated for assignment after Homer Bailey was was called up to the uh, AAA. Thank you. So, Thank you. 
So Frank Schwindel, just to give you kind of short little rundown, uh, Frank Schwindel was leading the team in home runs, leading the team in RBIs, I believe. I think he was second in all of uh, minor league baseball in home runs. Got called up to the majors on his birthday. I think I hit a home run the day after. Had to get called back down to the majors because I think Mitch Moreland uh, came up. Now, when he was here, he wasn't on the 40-man roster. So in order to get caught up to the big leagues, you obviously need to be on the 40-man roster. But when that happens, if you, if you get sent back down to the big league or to the minors, it uses one of your options, one of your, uh, one of your option downs. So if you remove him from the 40-man roster, then you have to pass him through waivers. You have to designate him for assignment. Frank Schwindel, Frank Schwindel excuse me, was quickly claimed by the Chicago Cubs. Now, I mentioned last week as well when we mentioned that Salim stole Jesus Lusardo from us. Um, and it sounds and by the way, growing up an Angel fan, it sounds so weird to look at anything Oakland Athletic and say us. <laughs> they might they might I don't know whether Salim be tro like Salim's the troll. He's the troll. Quietly. Should the Rays be able to keep, or should Tampa Bay be able to keep the Rays? I'm gonna be honest, man. I don't know who this guy is. Go get Salim. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying, like home base. Like that's like that's like asking if the. No, if the no, I think if the Dolphins move, honestly, I think Florida would truthfully like get set ablaze. I believe that. No, so you know what I mean. I don't like to see cities lose, especially Oakland. Man, they lost the Warriors to San Francisco. Yep. All those tech billionaires. Mm-hmm. Then you lose the Raiders to Vegas. To all Vegas. these centers. So <laughs> you can lose the Oakland A's to Las Vegas again. And and you know what's funny? Like, I know, like, we, we kind of talked about it. And shout out to Sam, because Sam obviously picked his minor league team on Wednesday, and he's rolling with the St. Paul Saints. Doesn't surprise me. But um, I, I get that, like, we get the – I think they even did it on ESPN on um on the press box. I think they got, like <laughs> – I don't even know if it's, like, Australian ice hockey or something. It's, like, an Australian ice hockey league, and they all pick teams. Like, now they're following this sport that they don't even watch. And this minor league baseball, I get it's kind of like it seems like a running joke in terms of Salim being a Sacramento Rivercast fan and now being the Albuquerque Isotopes. He's 100% serious that if the Oakland A's come here, he's rooting against them. Oh, no, absolutely. No, he means that. <laughs> just in I case you guys. The Raiders, just cause, eh, whatever. But if, if they get the, uh, the A's too, and no. Nah, I, that that's the first that I've ever heard somebody root against a team actually coming here. Um, I like his reasoning though. Yeah, I do too. For what it's worth, too, I'm not. I was a really really young when it happened, but I caught a couple of the Vancouver years, the Vancouver Grizzlies. So. The Raptors are what the Raptors are, but Vancouver is still. Vancouver was a little different. 
And that's what I was going to say in terms of Oakland as well. We'll get to that too. The world cares about basketball more. Yeah, and now they're like, oh, we want a team, and it's like, it's both. <laughs> 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 and you had white chocolate. You got to make that work. Like, yeah, exactly. you got to make that work. And you had Powell. Um, or Dad, did they have Powell for a year? I think Vancouver had Powell for his rookie no, season. Did they not? Or was that Mip? I think that was the year. That was the one year. Yeah, okay, that, see, that I thought was, so. Uh, yeah, came in. Yo, Yao, I mean, Yao, Powell was nasty in it, bro. I understand that, you know what, maybe we need to have another conversation about it and we'll talk about the Team team USA later and eventually we'll get to Spain subsequently. Do some, do some Powell Gasol, I think, has also had several primes. Oh, yeah. Powell's rookie year, like, I know we talk about rookie years that just stand out in terms of being great. We don't talk about Powell's enough. At all, I wouldn't Powell say was making some great primes. fours looking look ridiculous in 1999. I would just say, or when was, was that? 1999, 2000, whatever that was. He was just that good. That it was just very unexpectedly because he was, his game was different. Like, I don't know. The, if you look at today's game and how you, um, man, how do I want to explain? It? I want to explain this to where it comes out correctly. Players from other countries coming to the NBA, their game, quite quietly, back especially back then, was better. We just didn't pay attention to it as close as we would a Tim Duncan, as we would a LeBron James, as we would a Kevin Durant. So what I mean, I mean for by what that is, is yeah. like. You were too. You, hey, I be watching you on Twitter, man. You be tweeting, and it's like Luca. You brought yes. up Luca like fifteen times yes. within five minutes. Sounds about right. Luca's game is ten times better now because people are able to pay attention to it and see how really good he is. Maybe it's because of the way the game has changed. But see, Powell, but Powell Gasol has always really been good. It's just that's what been, I just. That's kind of where this started. It's just been under undermined because his teammate is Kobe, and he had Lamar Odom right next to him. See, and I think you're talking about later Powell, and I'm talking about early Powell. The reason why I'm saying that is because, in terms of Luca, you're saying like, yes, there are more eyes on him. We were hearing about Luca before he touched the NBA. There's a reason for that. I knew that Luka was a EuroLeague MVP before he was drafted. There's a reason for that. Same thing with Pau Gasol. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else if I, could, if I could. Same thing with rookie, whatever. Rookie Same Rubio thing with Yao Ming. Same thing with Ricky Rubio. Same thing with Manu Ginobili. Same thing with a lot of these international players that Tony when they Parker. come over here, certain players you you cannot ignore. And that's the difference. And I'm trying to be very, very respectful right now, but I could also name a lot of international players from Palestine, even on Pal's team, that weren't Pal. That weren't half of Pal to the point to where you don't remember their names. If I said their name right now, you would look at me and go, what, what jersey number are you wearing? Yeah. Like, no, I don't remember who that is. That's, so that's, that's true. Pal Gasol, as I said before, the, the time that he was doing what he was doing, you had, as I said before, you had the Hall of Famers, his rookie season, or the, excuse me, the All-Stars 
that year, looking at his game, his rookie season, like, hey, he's his footwork is is a problem. If he has footwork like this as a rookie, it's a problem. I watched one, and and funny the funny thing is, was Stromau Swift on his team that year when he got drafted? And I, Celine, maybe you could figure this out. But there's one video of Stromau Swift, and be, you, if anybody knows Stromau Swift, shout out to him. He's a leaper. He's a dunker. I watched Stromau Swift jump about three times on pump fakes and head movements from Palgasol. I don't know what year it's from. I don't know what team Stromau was playing for. I'd be Houston, but it it did not matter. Um, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Trying to get it back to locally. Uh, your Las Vegas Aviators will attempt for their first win against the uh, Tacoma Rainiers tonight at 7.05 p.m. That was his rookie year, right? 1999? 99. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. Say that one more time. Say the five again. Oh, you're just saying the names. Okay. On that roster. Nick Anderson was a baller. Um... Where was I going to go with that? Oh, and just a little tidbit of information for you guys really quick. Last night, Francisco Pena hit a fourth inning home run, a solo home run. And that was the team's first home run at Las Vegas Ballpark since July 19th. Now, that may not seem like much. It may seem like a lot in terms of the date. But it's only been four home games. And that may not sound like much. Until you... Do a little more research on this Las Vegas Aviator team and Las Vegas ballpark. That doesn't happen often. Hits galore in that ballpark. Alleyways galore in that ballpark. It's a hitter-friendly ballpark. So to see four straight home games without a – or three straight home games without a home run and what is that? Three and three innings, three games and three innings before you hit a, a, a home run. And obviously it was a towering one for Francisco Pena, but it did not matter in a 10 to 1 loss last night. Um, let's talk trade deadline. Baseball. Let's talk baseball trade deadline. Um, I tweeted that the Yankees aren't playing fair or something like that. Yeah. And then. You said a few teams aren't. The day after that, yeah. I tweeted. If you guys thought I was mad at the Yankees, boy, wait till I tell you guys about the Dodgers. It's a two-team race now, right? Uh, it could be more than a two-team race. All right. Talk about it. Talk about it. The The Yankees in itself, themselves, I should say, <laughs> maybe it's just New York standards, but they're not having a good year. Especially when you couple it with everything. And I'm not talking about just on the field. I guess it's kind of is on the field. But if you couple Garrett Cole as well, the Garrett Cole, Josh Donaldson, I don't want to call it debacle, but situation where Josh Donaldson said he was going to start outing some of these pitchers. And obviously now we have random checks for pitchers. All of a sudden, if you look at 
and these these were numbers that were given by ESP or by uh, MLB Network. If you look at Garrett Cole's numbers prior to the random checks, they look vastly different from the che- from his performances post random checks. Josh Donaldson hit a home run off of Garrett Cole, and as he surrounded the bases, he said, "That's not the same guy." You guys take that for what you will. However, in response to that, the Yankees went out and traded for everybody as they usually do. Um, the Angels obviously came off a left-handed starting pitcher, Andrew Heaney. But I think the biggest move that was made by the Yankees, um, they made some other moves in terms of uh, pitching as well. We'll get to that shortly. But obviously the biggest move is Anthony Rizzo going from Chicago, from one historic franchise in the Cubs to the Yankees, right? I'd assume that's that's probably the biggest one. Um, yes, no, Celine. I don't know. I, don't know. I said, is that the biggest so. deal for the Yankees, Anthony Rizzo? I would assume that that's pretty obvious. As I said before, they made some moves in terms of pitching, but just, Anthony Rizzo, I think, is their is their splash deal. Um, already has hit, unless this has changed since last night. He's already hit two home runs. <laughs> with the Bronx Bombers since being there. So it's it's a lineup that – I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't even know what their lineup was. But I'm going to give you what I have just off the cuff. DJ LeMahieu at the top of the lineup. That's your second baseman. I'm going to go Aaron Judge. You got your right fielder. I'm going to go DH. I'm going Giancarlo Stanton. And then I'm going Anthony Rizzo. Even if you get through the first three, that second inning is going to be hell for any pitcher. Anthony Rizzo is opening that inning. And then you can go anywhere from Aaron Hicks to Gary Sanchez, Clint Frazier, Brett Garner, Gio Urshela. I don't want any parts of that. However... Let's talk about the Dodgers lineup. I'm I'm actually going to agree with you on that one. Where the Yankees? The Anthony Rizzo for the Yankees. Now let's talk Dodgers. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with that one. First of all, you can't talk about the Dodgers without talking about the Nationals, right? Now we're going to get more into the Nationals a little a little later on in this segment, but. You would expect for the Nationals to eventually come off of Max Scherzer, especially if they're not winning a championship again, maybe this season or the following season. So you already have a World Series ring with Max Scherzer or vice versa. So you want to send him to 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 a place where he can obviously win another one. I'm not sure that I'm sending him to the place – that I've seen in the postseason three out of the last five years. I'm not sure I'm sending you there. That's just me. That's just me. However, if I do send you there, I'm not sending Trey Turner with him. Why is that the tail end of your career? (laughs) If this is the tail end of Max Scherzer's career, I got a surprise for everybody. (laughs) Y'all want to know something? Uh, This might be the greatest picture we've ever watched if this is the tail end of his career. No. I'm just saying, like, and I mean this generation. Like, I'm not. I don't know. I'm obviously 
not talking about my dad's generation. My dad has watched some some pretty amazing pitchers. That goes without saying. But in all seriousness, the Dodgers go out and you acquire Max Scherzer, but you couple that with Trey Turner. I just talked about the Yankees lineup. Let's try to get through this Dodger lineup. Corey Seager. Max Muncie. Cody Bellinger. Where do I want to go next? Justin Turner. Trey Turner. Where am I at? Six? Will Smith. It sounds like a super team. I haven't named Chris (laughs) Taylor, who was an all-star this year. It sounds like a super team. (laughs) I know Salim got something. What do you have? What? <laughs> Let's move on then. Let's move on. And oh, I don't know how far I'm moving. Because aside from that, like I said before, a lot of the, the, the Yankees uh moves were for arms. Now, I'm scrolling right now through some of the uh through some of the trades, and obviously they traded for Andrew Heaney, as I said before. They got rid of Luis Sessa uh in their bullpen. They sent him to uh to Cincinnati along with Justin Wilson. However, in a separate trade with Pittsburgh, they bring back Clay Holmes. So they're making some moves in terms of the arms, but I mentioned Garrett Cole. Let's talk about the Dodgers rotation. Now, if I told you four years ago, guys, when the Nationals were eventually on their well, on their way to winning a, a World Series, I believe four years ago the Red Sox may have been in the World Series or may have been around there. If I told you right then, That the Dodgers would have Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and David Price on their active roster. Everybody would have called me a liar. And now you fast forward to today. And they're all there. And that's exactly what you have. Wait a minute, guys. I know he's dealing with something right now, but if he was not dealing with this situation and on leave from the major leagues right now Trevor Bauer would be there Salim there's a possibility that if everything goes right with Trevor Bauer in his situation and we know that that situation looks pretty bad the Dodgers would have a game one two three rotation of Clayton Kershaw Max Scherzer and Trevor Bauer Trevor Bauer's number three for me? And you're telling me Walker Bueller gets to start the next series? Yikes. <laughs> or Julio Udias? I know Dustin May is done for this year, but if he was healthy, Dustin May? The Dodgers aren't playing fair, right? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now ESPN is trying to talk to us. We understand. Um, oh, I lied. I lied. When I said that was the biggest name from the Yankees, I knew I was missing a name. That's why I kept asking you guys. Joey Gallo. Add Joey Gallo to that mix, to that lineup that I just said. A Nevada native. I believe Henderson, Nevada, if I recall correctly. A Nevada native. That's not Nevada. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
going to the Bronx. I mean, he may be a Las Vegas native. Okay. He may be. We'll see. Fair but. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey. I he's a argue. lefty who lifts the ball out of the ballpark. And I think it's something that when you look at these two teams, they no doubt bolstered their lineup. But I think the difference, as I said before, when you look at this Dodger rotation come October, September, any all of it. So I just feel like the Dodgers giving up about four players for two. Yeah. Is beyond crazy. Do you hey. may I, I understand the players that you're getting and what they can do and obviously you're trying to build a championship team. You already have one. You already have one, <laughs> but you're trying to build another. You're trying to build a stronger one, right? What we call super teams out there. But four players for two? Yes. One of the players is Max Scherzer, who is a walking Cy Young, who's joining my list of walking Cy Young. So I, I don't even care if you're half a Cy Young at this point. Right. He leads the league in walks, though. He's 76. Mm-hmm. And if he was to play a full season, 162 games, he would be on pace for 43 home runs. Sounds about right. Have we seen a guy hit that, like, average out, 217, that low, and get 40 plus? I would have to look that up. And this is what's so crazy, because you're going to be like, don't disrespect him. It's not as bad. Because he's not hitting that low. And, you know, he's probably my favorite person in the majors right now. Ronald Acuna, it's either extra base hit or a strikeout. <laughs> like, it's some players that, yeah. Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. <laughs> they, they try to take it home. Absolutely. And uh, the, the funny thing is, to, to touch on what Duna kind of just mentioned, you're giving up Josiah Gray, who's a starter, and I believe going to be a star in this league. So you did send that to Washington, which I do think that may sting a little bit in hindsight. Um, you sent um, Donovan Casey. Yes. You sent Kyber Ruiz as well. And, and Gerardo Correa. Correa. But Ruiz and Gray were the biggest names in that in that deal. So for the Dodgers, yes, it is a four for two trade. However, Trey Young or excuse me, Trey Young. Trey Turner may stay in LA. Max Scherzer, like you said before, let's say that it's the tail end of his career. Three more years? Even if it's three more years, and I have that coupled, and let's say him and Kershaw right off into the sunset together. Either way. I say what? You have him for three years. Three years, y'all win 
like yards in the LA Dodgers. Y'all yeah, win no, one or two championships. Worth it. Worth it. Very worth it. Worth it. That that I'm that, that I, I okay. Even if so I win one more over the next four seasons, it's worth it. Absolutely. The Dodgers went 32 years without a World Series. If you give me two back-to-back or you give me two in a five-year span, hell yeah, I'll take it. The Los Angeles we, – we talked about it before. The Los Angeles Kings didn't win for how long? And then they got two in three years, and now they're still talking. Okay. I so, for what it's worth, I, I think you, you – certain moves you try to make you, right you, now. You try to make it right now, and you try to – build that team as of right now in the moment so that later on it doesn't matter what happens later on because you already won championships in a consecutive span of like what five years five years you got two two championships ten years you got four depending on if well who stays where but still talking about some of these trades these two teams are obviously trying to run away with the ALEs and <laughs> Uh, the NL West, but a couple of other teams are still trying to trying to stand pat. Uh, the Giants went out and got uh, Chris Bryant, kind of adding to what I said about the Washington Nationals earlier. The, the Chicago Cubs, if you didn't know before, they mailed it in. <laughs> they're they're not. Yes. Just wanted to make sure that 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 you're right again. Hey, that sounds like you. Just like, damn, what do you? You just just take that for what you will. Just want to highlight that really quick. Just Diamondbacks are on pace to win fifty-six games. What? What's Pittsburgh on? And then we're moving on. Uh, they're actually might win sixty-three. That's higher than than the what's it called? And that's never mind. I'm not even gonna do it to you. But, um. The Giants go out and get Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant was obviously emotional when he found out about it. Kind of knew that the trade was coming. Goes to to the best team in baseball right now. Goes to the best team, um, and one of the best teams in baseball, I will say, in the uh, San Francisco Giants. Get an opportunity to go right back to competing for a championship uh, in San Francisco. Still staying in the NL West, your Padres. They went out and made a couple of moves. Uh, interesting also, another Marlins fact Here you go. Although the Marlins have the fourth and fifth worst record in the league, they're 15th in the league in run differential, minus 23. Ahead of teams like the Phillies, Indians, Cubs, Angels. The Guardians. Guardians Aaron. now. Oh, sorry, Guardians. <laughs> Although I saw them on TV the other day. But. Oh, no. I told you that doesn't change until next year. But we're not. We're not. What? So I think that's interesting that the Marlins have a really average run differential. And I'm not even going to get into the Aviators run differential, but uh, we've talked about that as well. But the the Padres obviously made some moves as well um, for pitching to try to uh, bolster that and make another run. Obviously, in that NL West, it's a crowded NL West. They also traded for Jake Marisnik from the Chicago Cubs. But – Looking at that AL East that I was just mentioning with the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox go out and acquire Kyle Schwarber from the Washington Nationals. And Kyle Schwarber is a big left-handed hitting bat who originally started in the majors as a catcher, ended up learning how to play the outfield or moving to the outfield. I should say I believe he played it in high school. 
playing in the outfield, obviously now he's going to a team where he could play the DH. I don't know if that's going to happen with J.D. Martinez there, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what Boston does in that aspect. And then, of course, the Tampa Bay Rays are trying to make another push to the World Series as they made a couple of moves uh, toward this trade deadline as well. Uh, Salim, really quick, I think this is our last one that we can get into. Actually, I don't want to rush it. I don't want to rush it. So we'll come back and talk about the NL East, but I do want to talk about the White Sox really quick. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. After the moves that they made, I have the Chicago White Sox going to the World Series. Chicago White Sox? I do. And, again, like I said before, I'm scrolling down, but the White Sox went out, and I get that they had to give up uh, Nick, Mad- Nick Madrigal excuse me, and Cody Hewer, but you get back Craig Kimbrell. So you bring back, you bring back uh, Craig Kimbrell in a position that he's used to. So, as I said before, we, we're going to mention Team USA later, but these teams are getting players that fit systems and sit and excuse me and fit situations and I think when you go out and you trade for and I know um the Bucks just did it and everybody went and highlighted the Drew Holiday deal everybody went and highlighted the uh the PJ Tucker deal these are deals that I'm gonna look back to I believe late October and highlight some and uh mention and or highlight some of these they also got Ryan Tapera from the Cubs it's just in a in a division that's so up and down. I think the AL Central has prov- has provided us with a different division winner almost every year. So I think Chicago is definitely making their moves to to kind of separate themselves. But we'll be right back, guys, with hour number two. We're gonna come back to some more baseball trade talk, and then we'll get into some NBA trades, then draft night. The Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. This hotel was formerly known as the largest in the world for nearly a decade. If you guys want to be a part of this illustrious energy, please come catch us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Shout out to the superbook. Doing got the merch on as we speak. You dig Super. that? Super. You dig that? Um, but we're gonna we're gonna actually hop right back into baseball trade talk because we do have a full second hour for tonight or for today. So let's get right back into it, Salima. I actually want to talk about the NL East all the way around. Um, let's go. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets Man. first. Let's do the Mets. The, the top of the top, huh? Let's do it. Might as well start there, right? At the top. Um, When you go out and add Javi Baez, I don't think you lose, period. And I told my dad four years ago, five years ago, however long it was, but when I seen that Chicago Cubs run, and I know everybody talked about Anthony Rizzo, they talked about the pitching, they talked about Chris Bryant. I told my dad that Javi Baez likes that stage. Javi Baez likes that moment. Javi Baez, his lasting moment 
for his time as a cub. His final, I say last thing moment, his final moment, I should say, as a cub, is going to be that walk-off home run against Amir Garrett, uh, excuse me, Amir Garrett of the Chicago, or excuse me, of the Cincinnati Reds. Given the history between Amir Garrett and the Cubs, for, <laughs> and this is amazing, for him to hit the walk-off and not move, I don't know if you guys saw that, but he hit the walk-off home run, took maybe two steps, and looked out of the mirror and said, hey, 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 like, you're going to look at me. <laughs> I'm calling you. I'm here. I'm Over still here. here. I told you this was going to happen. First of all, walk the bases. If I'm Amir Garrett, walk the bases. Because this is about to get real ugly, dog. Now, I forgot what um, Amir Garrett was even going to go say to Javi, but he was obviously saying something. The umpire stepped in between. Amir, was, Amir looked to be kind of a, a good sport about it. He obviously got the better of him. But obviously, as I said before, that's that spot. For Javi Baez, that moment, that spotlight for Javi, for Javi Baez, going to New York. I this this could be a big deal for them. Is all I'm gonna say. They need it. Yeah. It matters. It matters. It shows in the postseason too. Yep. The Braves are fifty-three, fifty-four. Their run differential is plus forty-one. Yep. The Mets are gonna make the playoffs. Like, <laughs> yes, they're gonna be the team to do it. Uh, it doesn't, you know. Um, the Mets also acquire Rich Hill, so they're they're obviously boosting their uh, starting lineup as well. They also acquire Mark Payton. Only reason why I'm mentioning that, Mark Payton is a former. Las Vegas Aviator. Um, what were you about to tell me? I was about to say, oh. um, I was about to tell you that, you know, he is playing, Javier mm-hmm. um, is playing with a teammate that he considered playing with uh, when they were in the World ba- uh, Baseball Classic. Gotta be Francisco Lindor. And it is. And he quoted right here, if I go to, to the free agency, I would like to play with Francisco Lindor. I love playing with him in the World Baseball Classic. It is the only option I would take to play second base if it is to play with him. Otherwise, I stay playing at shortstop. Hmm. Well, the Mets heard that if nothing else. <laughs> um, so he got what he wanted. <laughs> the Mets obviously heard that if nothing else. So. And he, um, another thing, I think with the Mets, they're making moves, um, obviously, because there, there's going to be – there's going to be a loss for the Mets um, in Kumar Rocker. If they cannot re-sign him, cannot get a contract done with him, they're going to have to find somebody to replace him. I think that's kind of where they went. They went ahead and started making moves to, f- make th- to fill in that spot. And as I said before, you mentioned the Dodgers already, and you mentioned them giving up their four prospects. And as I said before, it's you play the long game with baseball. And – you make moves for 
because that Kumar move may be a longer term move, more so than Javi Baez. Right, like he's how can I put it? Because they don't even. I don't really want to compare the two per se, but Javi is a help you right now person, and I think if you can't get if you can't get uh, Kumar signed, that becomes something that you worry about later on. I is something that I don't think they have addressed it. I don't think so. I I think I think now they kind of have uh, right before the trade deadline because they knew it was coming up. So I kind of think they kind of did address it. But just not fully. Um, I kind of think that they're still going to try to reach an agreement with that. Uh, that's just that was just something to pay attention to for that trade deadline. You know, just just because they were, it was a topic. This is the moves that they were making. So, um, um, another thing that I I refuse to kind of ignore. But um, when I mentioned the raise earlier. As I said before, I'm scrolling down. I didn't want to. I, I, it was so many trades that I didn't want to list all of them because I would have talked about all of them. So I'm trying to pinpoint what I see. When I mentioned the Rays, the Rays went out and traded for a big bat, and they traded for Nelson Cruz. That was the name that I needed to make sure that I uh, highlighted and got out of the way. Um, now the Braves. I mentioned Ronald Acuna Jr. He's m- gonna miss this season after tearing his ACL. They go out and get Jock Peterson to kind of start the trade deadline moves uh, post-All-Star break. And they also went and got Edwin Rosario from Cleveland. Now, I think those are two moves that either player could play every day in the outfield if need be. But acquiring both of them means that neither one of them have to. And I think that's what's really, really big for Atlanta with the way that they play. Um, They're interchangeable. And I know that we seen the uh, the Rays do it last year. We saw the Royals do it, I believe, in 2015. You have these certain teams that they're going to play. And I know it sounds like it's cliche, but baseball is the only sport without a clock or one of the only sports without a clock. So obviously you play to the last, to the final out. But I don't think that there's too many teams that embody that better than the Atlanta Braves. And – Ronald Acuna is a big reason in that Ozzy Albies, Freddie uh, Freeman. It's obviously a bunch of reasons as to why that is, but I think adding people that, as I said before, fit what your team need is, whether it's Jock Peterson and or Eddie Rosario, I think that's a big move for the Braves to stay contenders in that NL East as well. Salim, you wanted to give me anything else on your Marlins? Because I did have the Marlins as a separate topic for the NL East, no? All right, man, you sound sad, so we'll leave it alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk about something else then. Um, you want to go ahead and lead the conversation on Russell Westbrook coming home? Yeah, I mean, uh, Brody. Why? Why interesting? You sound like you don't like it. It's, it's not terrible, but you don't like it. AD's gonna ask for the five. If he wants to do that, that's fine. He doesn't want to do that. Why does everybody Wait. act like Marcus Gasol can't play basketball anymore? I also feel like the situation is. They need transition brothers. They need a guy that can handle the ball besides 
Oh no, we're gonna get to to the the Russell Westbrook. Anybody who says otherwise is crazy. But we're gonna get to the the obviously that trade. But you mentioned AD playing the five. I'm gonna mention the five right now only because I mentioned Mark Gasol, and Mark Gasol is somebody who plays well with the Lakers. I don't know what a lot of people talk about in hindsight. Does he have bad games? Yes, like anybody. But Mark Gasol passes well. Mark Gasol can spread the floor. Mark Gasol defends. Now, what I will say is Andre Drummond's not coming back. At the end of the day, too, we have seen starters, and especially big men, who will start a game and give you 18 minutes. Give me four here. Give me two to end the half. Give me four here. Give me six to end. Whatever the case may be. I think what it is is for a center, they need somebody that not just can can space the floor, but can run in transition. I if like you that. think about it, Marcus Gasol is the slowest center <laughs> on the Lakers roster. Well, you can't say – I mean, you can say as of right now, he's the only center on the roster. I was just about to say, as of right now, he has but the choice. before, he is legit the only – the slowest center um, on the Lakers roster. Uh, Drummond not – if they don't bring Drummond back, they miss out on that shot blocking, but then it also doesn't clog the paint. Um – what they really need is they need centers that can defend. They need, like, actual JaVale McGee back. They need an actual Dwight Howard-type center back. Um, and I say that because, yeah, they were they clogged the paint, but also they were running the transition. They had, that enough, they had enough speed to run with that. And the Lakers adding Russell Westbrook is only going to make the transition faster. Transition is going to be incredible because you got Braun and Russ running the transition. That speed is going to be crazy. And that's exactly what I was about to say. So the name that I'm going to give you guys, I could be a little biased because I'm a Pacer fan. Go get Miles Turner. But do you trade for him? Yes, you have to. I know AD doesn't like playing the five too bad. He's going to have to play a lot of it and put a script for it. He doesn't have to be like. I hate to say it, bro. That's a bad idea, I think. I think that's a bad idea, bro. Um, if durability is already an issue and he's only getting older, I don't want you to have to deal with Jonas Valanciunas. I don't. Because you can say whatever you want on the offensive end. You still got to defend. I don't want Jonas Valanciunas weighing on, laying on you for – 27 minutes of a 48 minute game. I don't want it. I'm I'm going to agree with Celine here, and this this is where I'm going to imagine this, right? Lakers, right? They go out, they go get shooting, they go get Carmelo, go get Demar Derozan, maybe go get Andre Iguodala or Rudy Gay, right? You just named a bunch of people that t- aren't technically shooters. Just just so you know. Nah, three point shooting is Carmelo Anthony. That's all you need. Now think about it like this: <laughs> you put AD at the five. 
LeBron, you're going to have to play the four. Unfortunately, you're going to have to go. Not going to be all game, but you're going to have to go back to your Miami days. All right. You're going to have to play that four. DeMar DeRozan. You're going to, or, or Carmelo. Do you start Carmelo? Maybe, maybe not. You go get you a you younger start DeMar player. DeRozan. If you have DeMar DeRozan, you start DeMar DeRozan over Carmelo. Absolutely, but you put you put DeMar DeRozan at the two. And then you go and find you a nice that. three. I don't know that. DeMar can play the three. If you look at what DeMar does, DeMar is already a low post scorer. He, he likes to post up. DeMar, when he, especially when he went to San Antonio, he began playing the three, or he played the three more, and he actually started to play the four. Hmm. He's an undersized four, like crazy. But the way that San Antonio ran their offense. Or you trade him. You know how many people want him. You trade him. If you could, you could dangle that for uh, Miles Turner. I truthfully believe oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Dennis doesn't want the one fifty for four years, so you trade Dennis. You trade Tht. You still gotta, uh, you gotta get Dennis to agree to somebody with else. So That's, that is that is true. If you're, you so. can't trade anybody if you don't sign him. So you would have to get him to agree to a sign and trade either with Washington, which I heard somebody mention. You could either get a, a sign and trade with I like the Kings. Go get Buddy. Go get Buddy Hield. I'm talking about him who's going to give him that contract. You could talk to the Knicks maybe. Uh, who would give Dennis a contract? I don't uh, know who else Knicks, you would the, the Knicks actually would need a point guard. No D-Rose. I would actually go look at I Phoenix. Would, uh, because Dennis Schroeder going to Phoenix actually doesn't seem that bad to me. I don't know if campaign returns. He tweeted last night, well, hello, free agency. Sounded like some conversation went awry that he wasn't expected to go awry. Um, I could see Reggie Jackson going to Phoenix. I could see Dennis Schroeder going to Phoenix. So, actually, I take that back. Reggie Jackson may go to Phoenix before Dennis Schroeder because him and Book don't get along. <laughs> so, that's not going to work. Um, um, I'll say – What's another team? Orlando. Orlando could do that. Orlando could pick that up. Could pick up Dennis Schroeder. You know what? Let's 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 talk about that shortly, because we're actually gonna get into the draft, and I'm gonna pull this up right now because Orlando, what are you doing? You're, what are you doing? Um, but let's talk about Russell Westbrook one more time because we talked about the Lakers. Yes. No, Celine, we didn't. Yes, I did. Well, they picked up Goran Dodson. They're like very pretty close to a deal with Kyle Lowry. Wants to sign and trade. Oh no. So Goran would go to would go to Toronto. It might be a three team deal. Okay. But right now, that's why they picked up the option. Goran's reportable. So for whatever it's worth, if Kyle Lowry has been what he has been his his career, according to NBA Twitter, being fat. Just imagine what Kyle Lowry we're about to see when he goes to Miami. That's it. Like, that's it. So if we think that 6'1 Kyle Lowry getting triple doubles, 6'5'1 or 6'1 fat Kyle Lowry was getting triple doubles in Toronto, he's about to be FIBA Patty Mills in in, in uh, Miami right now. But uh, that is another name that I have heard the Lakers mention in terms of who they would like. Patty Mills' stock is going to be high this year. 
He fits you guys' style. That's a lot of money, though. Boston's not trying to resign him like that. Um, Nick Batum? Oh, yeah, Nick who did you say? Oh, never mind. Oh, no, I'm Nick thinking Batum. Of, thinking of somebody else. Yeah, that, that's not that bad. That's a big loss for the Clippers. Yes. Does Nick Batum stick? I'm not going to get into Miami, but okay. I I think Miami is coasting. I I know Slim, you don't want to hear it, but I honestly putting a team together. You can't. But does those teams make Miami better? Those are players. That's the thing. Or the or the players like Kyle Lowry, yes. Kyle Lowry, ah, uh, yes, yes. Y- yes, he does. It's not even a thought. <laughs> like <laughs> hell yeah. Kendrick Nunn is still young. For what it's worth, Russell Westbrook wasn't a point guard when he got to the league either, and he learned how to be one. I, Kendrick Nunn has showed me a lot to where I think he can learn. Which they are. I just don't think – I think the only player that makes Miami a little bit better is Kyle Lowry. Um, granted, you have to look at the other teams as well that's in the East. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say that too. I was going to say, at the end of the no, day, he still got to do with Drew. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm <laughs> he not, still got to do I'm with Drew. I'm not saying they're going to win a title. What I'm saying is, it looks like Miami is just being – how can I say this? It looks like Miami is being the Toronto when it was Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, to an extent, but there's nothing they can really – besides, there's not a lot of moves they can make to change that. Bradley Beal doesn't want to leave Washington. We've seen it. He just said the other day. He just said it. Like, he doesn't want to leave. Full power to him. You know? Hey, you can stay. Stay there all you want. Uh, but again, um, we can get into the draft now. A lot of basketball. Um, yeah, because we're we're gonna talk about Russell Westbrook I, I gotta, a lot. Gotta, we're gonna talk about Russell Westbrook a lot more uh, throughout the as season. it goes. But for the draft, um, I forgot for whatever reason I forgot my notepad, and I I had all of my notes in terms of who I want to speak about. But I'll leave it short and simple, and we'll just start from the top, and we'll. Talk about players as they come. Um, Kate Cunningham. I told you guys before, this is not the podcast, so I will not get too in-depth with it. But I do want you guys to know, episode 42 of the podcast was recorded on Friday. Shout-out to Caprice. Shout-out to Mike Hughes Jr. as well. Uh, episode title is Prison Tactics. Um, yeah, figure it out for yourself. Prison <laughs> Tactics. Um but I told you guys before, this isn't the podcast, but I have a clubhouse group pretty much that 
it's pretty much Detroit. It's pretty much a Detroit room. And they had an argument. Um, I shouldn't say argument. But we were talking sports one day. And they said that it's different when somebody wants to be in Detroit. And they said that that's what K gave them. They said K was in Detroit at Detroit Tiger Games weeks before the draft. Like, he was trying to ingratiate himself with the city of Detroit prior to the draft. Now, Jalen Green was brought up, and they said, did you guys want Jalen Green? Did you guys want Jalen Green? Whatever the case may be. And he said Jalen – and a lot of the room said Jalen Green was a great player. However, they felt since K wanted to be in Detroit, that was the, that was the pick to make because Jalen Green wanted to be the number one pick. Now, a lot, now, that may go past a lot of people and may go over a lot of people's heads, but everybody in that Detroit room said Cade Cunningham wanted to be in Detroit. Jalen Green wanted to be the number one overall pick. I, I told somebody recently I want to go to Detroit so bad, and I had somebody from Detroit in that room ask me, bro, why? And I was like, I got to go. I said, I got to go, bro. It's just it's the energy I need to be around. But Kay Cunningham, according to them, seems like he's going to be that energy. that ener- Yeah, exactly. The culture that he's going to uh, – that that city needs as a whole. I'm interested to see – because we got – this is the one argument we got into about Kay Cunningham last night. What position does he play? Mm. Sadiq Bey is there right now. He plays a three. Two. I'm not moving Sadiq Bey. If you watch the way Sadiq Bey, Sadiq Bey has played, yeah. So, not this entirely. is what you do. As you're Detroit, you make him the one. If you make him the one, you got to build around him. Well, you got to build around him anyway. You got to build around him anyway. Here's the deal, and let, let me just let me just say this now. Let's just start there, because I I would probably go to one. The argument that I was hit with was we go out and trade for. Why am I blanking? We go out and trade for Carl Anthony Towns. I looked at the person and said, "Ooh, I like that." Who are you giving up? Now, this is why I got to get out of that Detroit room. Because while they were talking, I said, you sound so much like a Laker fan. You're not getting Carl Anthony. Thinking you're trying to package together Killian Hayes and notice what the Killian Hayes. But my question that I've asked that entire that the entire duration of the conversation in that room. Isn't Killian Hayes coming off of an injured season? Didn't he? Didn't he end the year injured? Mm, yes. I believe he ended the year believe, injured. Yes. He didn't play at the end of the season. Like I told him, he's not going to be the focal point of that trade. We don't know what he looks like. It's not like it's Kevin Durant and he got hurt at the end of the year, and I know what I expect him to be. I don't even know what his ceiling is. He's not going to be the face of your uh, the face of that trade. I said, so scrap that. I said, give me somebody else. And he named somebody else, and I said, fam, how about this? I'm Minnesota. I'm not talking to you if you don't come to me at least. You're already giving me picks. That's first of all. You're already coming to me with picks. Don't talk to me if you're not packaging any. I probably want both. I think I want Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart. You're taking my franchise. And he was telling me, oh, well, you're not getting Sadiq Bey or Isaiah Stewart. Well, you're not getting Carl Anthony Towns. 
I said you're absolutely <laughs> nuts if you think you're getting Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, nah. You're absolutely nuts if you're thinking if you think you're getting Carl Anthony Towns and you're not giving up one, if not both of them. I told him, I think you're giving up both of them, to be quite honest with you. And you're giving up some you gotta, you, I said because on the back end, you got... Continue. First of all, Detroit ain't got nobody there to even trade with. Facts. So, so you can't tell me one. I'm not coming off of this person. Two, who are you talking to? You're going to package a deal like the Lakers did to get Anthony Davis. You're going to give up whatever you're I ask you to, to give you're up. You're going to give up at least three to four players for Carl Anthony Towns. And add picks. You got to do value, and that's and I didn't want to I didn't want to be that guy either. But he's t- that was that was the deal. When I said Killian Hayes couldn't be the focal point, he gave me Jeremy Grant, and I said with all due respect, is Jeremy Grant going to even replace half of what Car- what Cat does offensively? I said I'm not talking about defensively. I said so. With that being said, you want me to give up my franchise and you want me to sell the city of Minnesota on Jeremy Grant? No disrespect, but it's not gonna work. He doesn't want to be there. A little, but if we're not winning, and you still got Ricky Rubio here, we're not winning. And did he sign? Uh, I mean, he got traded. He got traded. That got by me. Yeah, Who watches Cleveland basketball? <laughs> After Braun left, I don't think anybody <laughs> watches Cleveland basketball. I'm just joking, Colin Sexton. What's up? Um, I'm not joking. Jared Allen is still there. Um, let's move on to the next pick. The second pick is Jalen Green. Uh, I got him or Jalen Suggs for the best suit of the night. That's just my pick. Um, that's sweetness. What? That's sweetness. Oh. That's sweetness from um, <laughs> Jalen Green, I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I saw Jalen Green um, go number two overall, you guys know how I feel about John Wall, but my first thing was, ooh, and Kevin Porter Jr.? I I was a when I seen when I seen him get drafted to the Houston to Houston, I was really like hyped. I'm not like there is no lie there because that that duo is going to be vicious. Why did they trade Boogie? Or why did they cut Boogie? I'm so mad at the way that the lead does Boogie. He got hurt. I don't give a d- I'm right. just I, I look did Boogie play for the Clippers I love in DeMarcus their final Cousins. series against the Suns? All right. I love DeMarcus Cousins. I wish the league treated DeMarcus Cousins like they treated all these other centers. Boogie, but, um, I want that interview still. But unfortunately, Boogie just doesn't get that respect. So teams cut him as soon as he has as soon as he gets hurt. We're not doing that. Um Jalen Green, and obviously I, I will get into this a little more as it uh, kind of unfolds over the weeks. We got Summer League coming up as well. Um, I had the Pelicans as one of the uh, winners of draft night, and then I also had the Houston Rockets as well simply because they did later on add Josh Christopher. Um, now, we talked about Cleveland for a short moment just now. They had the third overall pick, and they took Evan Mobley. Do you? I'm not saying that he doesn't. Um, 
where is he playing? Jared Allen probably won't be there long term. I don't think so. I do think Jared Allen will be back. Um, uh, I think he plays the four. That's why I asked where he plays. I'm going to say the three. They still got Larry Lance over there. He's not playing the three. He's not playing the three. He's way too big to play the three. Hey. I think so. Now, for what it's worth, he's right in terms of <laughs> we've seen – Six ten, six nine players that can move their feet. A coach would be like, "Hey, go, go guard the three. Like, I mean, you could, you could do it." That's a sneaky move, and they got a lot of height over there in Cleveland. So. They definitely have a lot of height in Cleveland. That's, uh, and I think they're gonna let Kevin Love go. Yeah, you just that's gone. I think this if if you didn't, but what is worth. I know I'm covering USA Basketball, but if you didn't already know from USA Basketball that Kevin Love was not returning to the Cleveland Cavaliers, he's not returning to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, even if he does, he's not going to finish the season there. Like, he already had moments this year where he was visibly upset with teammates. He wasn't setting screens. He refused to pass the ball. Just It was a lot of things that Kevin Love did that wasn't Kevin Love-esque. Um, no disrespect to Scotty Barnes in terms of the Toronto Raptors. I think he'll be a good fit. I don't know how long this conversation is going to last. Reason being is because I think Toronto is going to be on the downswing. So. They had their good years. I wouldn't pursue him that hard, and this is the reason why. I had this conversation on Clubhouse. Um, <laughs> shout out to Tyler. Tyler was on uh, – not Tyler Sure. Shout out to my guy Tyler Sure as well. But – this is a Tyler from um, Clubhouse, and she was speaking up. She's from Philly. And she said that, yeah, if, in case we needed another confirmation, the city is not going to be okay with training camp opening and Ben Simmons being there. He has to be gone. So only reason why th that conversation obviously became what it became, but shortly after that, it got real quiet. And I told her, I said, well, you only gonna have two years to win after he leave for for Joel leave. And that's what I said. So you got two years after he leaves to make sure Joel wins or he's leaving. And she said, "Now I don't know if she just wants to make a finals, but she said it. She said Joel's gone too. So I don't know if that means that she doesn't expect a championship in the next three years." But she said that she expects, obviously, Joel to eventually want his, on his, uh, be on his way out. When they said that, of course, Joel and B ideas came up in terms of where he would go, where he would go, where he would go. I said Toronto. Now, when I said Toronto, somebody said, oh, well, yeah, you could go ahead and package if you want to try to trade for him now and beat, and get, beat the uh, curve. I told him, first of all, Philly's not coming off him. That's first of all. I said, second of all, they were trying to package a deal around Pascal Siakam. And I said that is one of the reasons why Joel Embiid would go to Toronto. If Pascal Siakam is not there, yeah. Toronto's chances no slightly. Or they lessen, I should say. So just something that I want to highlight. So I, as far as Scotty Barnes, I do think he's going to uh, be a good MB player. I think they want him to be. New York. What? I think Embiid would fit in New York. Embiid would fit damn near anywhere. But um, – 
I just but, like New uh, York. A lot better. I don't know, man. I really they like need a center in general. Yeah, Joel Embiid in Toronto, surrounded by shooters, like, would be great. Right, like, right now, like Pascal, Derrick, Embiid, Mike Brad, OG, and Anobi, Scotty Barnes, and then like, I don't know. I, they're not gonna win. Chris Boucher, I forgot about him. Absolutely. They're not gonna win like anything else. But wait, know. wait, who wouldn't win anything if Joel Embiid was there? No, I'm, I'm saying. Oh, now. okay. I was about to say if Joel Embiid was there, I don't know that. Um, and then, <laughs> okay, that's that's why I was saying I was confused because if Joel goes there, they're not gonna have all those pieces though. No, of course not. So if Joel goes there, I don't even I don't even want to tease with it because I don't think OG's gonna be there soon anyway. That's just a separate entity. OG, I've been around him, and OG has an attitude where he's confident. OG's gonna want to be paid. So he he's gonna go get a a a bag somewhere else, I believe. Um, let's run at the top five. The last one is Jalen Suggs for Orlando. I told you I had Jalen Suggs as my number two on the board. Guys, I don't like this pick. My question is, what is Orlando doing? I don't. I'm not saying you know Jalen Suggs is a bad. Pick. He's not bad at all. He's not bad at all, but if I'm called Anthony, how do I feel? If I'm RJ Hampton and you just traded Aaron Gordon for me, how do I feel? If I'm Markel Fultz and I'm getting over an injury, but you didn't pretty much gave me the keys to the offense, how do I feel? That's what I'm saying. Like you have a team full of guards. Your starting five could be guards. <laughs> yes, like and they're all good. That's the funny part. Um, what's the starting lineup? Well, actually, no, don't give me the starting lineup. Give me the guard that's the odd man out. Cause I have my answer. I have my answer right now, and I'm finna tell you that they trade him, regardless of what they gave him. They trade him. Wait, hold on. So who? Wait, before you even go there, who's the guarantee for you guys? Yes, because I feel like my guarantee is. Well, I guess he obviously has to be the guarantee, right? Because he's the rookie. Yeah, he's so, rookie. okay, damn it, give me another. Well, actually, he he doesn't have to be the guarantee. So let me not say that. I'm gonna say that the guarantee is Markel Fultz. But don't give me your odd man out yet. Give me your give me your man that stays. I say Markel is my is my guarantee. Cole Anthony stays. All right, now everybody, give me your uh, odd man out. So you have Cole Anthony as your, and that's what I figured. You have Cole Anthony as your guarantee. I have Markel as my guarantee. You have Jalen Suggs as your guarantee. Both of you guys have Markel as the odd man out. Yep. I think it would be him. Now, I have my answer. And when you guys say odd man out, you said you don't think he's going to leave. So you I think. think. But if you said, if you asked me, like, if you had to say one of these guys was going to be the odd man out, I'd say Markel because injury history and being closest to getting injured. Michael Carter Williams is there as well, just so you guys know. Yeah. So. No offense. <laughs> it's Markel Fultz. But I think. The starting lineup ends up being Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs. Now, the funny thing about that is I don't know if they're – Jalen Suggs, I believe, would be – and I know he's physically played football. 
I believe he would be undersized for the two. I hope that you aren't expecting Markel Fultz to do what Klay Thompson does in Golden State and make up for the backcourt defense at, by himself. All right. Um, first of all. No, I'm talking about defense, though. <laughs> I'm talking about defense. I'm talking about defense and size. Like, I don't know. Like I said before, when that was pitched to me, even though that may be your starting one and two, like I said before, Jalen Suggs has to stand in front of Devin Booker. Jalen Suggs has to, de- has to stand in front of James Harden. Devin or uh, Jalen Suggs has to stand in front of Bradley Beal. I'll say that one thing, though. You know, Jalen Suggs and Markell are not nearly as small as you think they are. No, 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 no. Markell is not a small player by no means. I've never met Jalen, so it's different. Right. So it's not like he's, like, 6'2". Bigger than that, he's physical. Gutted, they didn't even look at their roster. They le- yes, they legit have a starting five of guards. You got Gary Harris, which came from who came from yeah. Denver. Yeah. RJ Hampton, Markel Fultz, Michael Carter Williams, and Cole Anthony, and then now you add Jalen. Now, somebody brought up that the starting lineup should be uh Cole and oh well, before I even get to the rest of mine. Um, I mean, before I even get to that, I'm going to get to uh, mine. Six. I think Cole Anthony is the sixth man. That's my personal opinion. I think Cole Anthony, out of everybody that I just mentioned, we don't know what Jalen Suggs can do yet. I think he can go get you a bucket. That's going to be your bucket getter. And that's where I stunned the room. Everybody said that the starting lineup should have been Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and RJ Hampton. And I let the room go, and I was just letting them talk, and I said, so cool. So what do you do when Jonathan Isaac comes back? And everybody said, I forgot about Jonathan Isaac. Because that's your starter. And Wendell Carter had a good end to last season. Yeah, ex- absolutely. So the funny thing is, we're saying he's in, he's going to end up leaving. And he's going to have to go somewhere. But we've said all of these different names. The funny thing is, Orlando is going to have a starting lineup of Markel Fultz, Gary Harris. Gary Harris is where I'm going to go. Jonathan Isaac, give me the four. I don't care. Give me the four. Uh, Tuma Okiki and or, Wendell Carter Jr. Or you can the go bench, Terrence Ross. The bench, you're going to go Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross. Those are guaranteed buckets. And Jalen Suggs, Suggs is there. Jalen Suggs. So, now, so, yeah, so Terrence Ross is probably playing the three now in the, um, in the uh, second unit, and you have Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony in the backcourt in the second unit. So, I just, I just thought it was funny because we had that whole Orlando talk, and I told them – their starting lineup is probably going to include none of the people that we just mentioned. Got, like, Dwayne Bacon, and Dwayne Bacon can play. Orlando had a good – they had a good roster before them looking at it. Um, I think now they have an even better one. They're just young. Um, Obviously, we'll get into some more draft winners and losers a little later. but Or not later in the show, but a little later down the line. They got both Wagner brothers. Wagner? Wagner, sorry, apologize. Both um, Wagner brothers. Again, I'm personally higher on Hampton than Cole Anthony. But, you know. I'm just saying, watch uh, Jalen uh, Markel Fultz will probably be the odd man out and get traded. I think it depends also how he does in the first one game. Is that fair? Probably not. Uh, that's where I was about to go to it. Like, who determines fair, though? Um, 
right. Moving on from the NBA, and we'll take it internationally. We'll take it FIBA. But um, the women's national team beat the hosting country, Japan. Uh, no, no, I'm not tripping. 89-64. Now, Asia Wilson has played two official Olympic games and have posted double-doubles in both ones. Now, obviously, we could we, we talk about Asia all the time, being that she is the, uh, the reigning MVP of the WNBA and she's the star of the Las Vegas Aces. We obviously talk about her so much. But let's, let's broaden the conversation a little bit because – um, she had 20 points, 10 rebounds, I think, or 18 points, 10 rebounds, something like that. Brianna Stewart, who, like Salim has always said, and anytime we bring up this team and we bring up whether it's Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi or Asia Wilson and, and uh, Brittany Griner, Salim continues to reiterate, Brianna Stewart is playing the three. Just so everybody realizes it, Brianna Stewart added 15 points and 13 rebounds from the small forward position. Um, I believe Brittany Griner also had 15 points, eight rebounds, I think, eight rebounds, something like that. So there were two double-doubles that were recorded in this win against uh, Japan. Japan actually held – yeah, there we go, 86-69, thank you. I knew it was a nine in there. Um, there it goes. Japan held the lead after the first quarter, 30-28, to 28, they had a six for nine shooting effort from three in the first quarter, in the first 10 minutes. Now, here's the only thing in, in most teams kind of, unless you're Golden State, most teams kind of, or Miami as well, because you guys shoot a lot of threes. Most teams understand that you can't live by the three because obviously you're going to die by the three. <laughs> you could be a like, you could be a great three-point shooting team and take a lot of them and win. You can't be what Houston was. Yeah, and Houston, Houston is another team we could talk about. And for what it's worth, like you said, it looked good in the first. Uh, it looked good in the first quarter, shooting six of seven or six of nine, excuse me. But there was a stretch in that second quarter where Japan shot one of eleven from three. And of course, in that stretch. The U.S. didn't shoot one of 11. So the game obviously took a turn in the second quarter, and obviously things began to, uh, to flow correctly. Now, if you guys add up the rebounds between Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, I said that's 13 for Stewie, 10 for Asia. That's 23 combined. What if I told you guys Japan as a team had 25? Yo. Just going to let it let that sit where it is. Um, there's still one more game of pool play for the team, even though they're already automatically um, into the quarterfinals with their two wins. They will play France tonight at 9.40 p.m. So This women's team is cheating. I'm going to put the emphasis on what you, what you continue to mention is Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson. They're both on the same court. They're both on the court together. And it is ridiculous. Like I that said, is, that, it, there's that's no two <laughs> walking double doubles. You forgot a third one. Actually, never, never mind. I'm not. I'm not even going to mention her because we already know that. The, and then you, Brittany Griner. But 
I mean, she, the reason why I say never mind is because I'm watching Olympic games where Sue Bird, I believe the first game was 0 for 7. But if you watch the game, she kind of took a couple of open shots. Other than that, she wasn't really shooting. I'm watching Sue Bird, who isn't looking for her offensive shot. She can get to double digits assists anytime she wants. So I just think, like you just said before, this team is it's, this team is this team is a cheat code. Like, I get that we have the dream team. We have the redeemed team. We have all these nice names for the men's side. This team needs is a, a Chico. This team needs a name. I'm sorry. They need a name. They, they just need a name. <laughs> they just need a name. They, they need a name. Um, I don't know if the men have a name currently, but uh, I do know that they're into the quarterfinals after winning a must-win game against the Czech Republic. They won 119-84. In case you guys did not, go, did not know, Jason Tatum is really, really good at basketball. Jason Tatum makes the and I told you guys this before. Paul George, I don't care what anybody says. Paul George is the smoothest player in the league. What I mean by that is anytime Paul George shoots the ball, I think it's going in. I stand by that. I absolutely stand by that. And most players, if you talk to them about who has a bag, Paul George is actually really, really high on that list. And I don't care about the looks. Now, NBA Twitter gets whatever they get off. Now, like I said, now, when Paul George shoots shots like he did in the bubble and he hits the side of the backboard, it makes me look at him like, bro, how did that shot look so fluid and and you hit the, the top of the backboard? I say that to say I get the same exact feeling from Jason Tatum. Anytime Jason Tatum takes a shot, I think it's going in. It's going in. Nah, he's he's going straight to the side. And even Jalen Brown has it. I don't know who taught who, but this is it's nasty. I, I knew Tatum was good when he dunked on Brown. <laughs> Spoken like a true LeBron fan. Shut and up. That's that that right there is you know. I knew he was good when LeBron was. Shut up. Hey, I I gave him props when he dunked on Brown. Hell, Brown did. Come on, man. But Jason Tatum hey, scored twenty seven points. Led the team in scoring. Uh, this was a weird stat for me. You guys know I'm really, really into, like, weird stats. And, Salim, you're, that's kind of how we've gotten where we've gotten. Um, this is an obvious one. Jason Tatum shot – or, no, let me, not take, let me not say that. Jason Tatum averaged 16.7 points per game in the three pool games, three pool play games. That's not the crazy stat. You want to know the crazier stat? Jason Tatum shot 18 to 36 from the field. Wait, what? Jason Tatum is surrounded by all-stars and future Hall of Famers, potentially. And Jason Tatum is averaging 17 points, essentially, on 50% shooting from the floor. He's a future Hall of Famer. That's what that just told me. So, I'm going to highlight this by saying that Kevin Durant was second on the team in scoring with 23. And he still was the lead story because let me couple that by saying he was 20, he had 23 points, but he was eight of 11 from the field. That's the Kevin Durant that I want to see. That's not the Kevin Durant that we've seen early in Tokyo, but that is the Kevin Durant that we saw most recently. Uh, He actually passed Carmelo Anthony 
for the most all-time points for Team USA and the most field goals all-time for Team USA. Uh, I believe with 6.17 left in the second quarter, he passed Carmelo in terms of points, and then he hit back-to-back three-pointers. Um, the first one was the first three-pointer. The second uh, three-pointer in that back-to-back was the one to pass Melo for most field goals all time. I'm a little bit sad about that. About Melo? Yeah. I'm a little bit sad about that one. I'm not. Only reason why I'm not is because people are still talking about Melo. So when the U- when Team USA was going through whatever they were going through, I loved all the Photoshop pictures. Of them bring, trying to bring Melo back. Yes. Yeah, of I love that. Falcon, the Winter, the Winter Soldier, and them literally putting Melo's head on it like, y'all got to go get Melo. <laughs> like y'all, this is the only person that can save us. Like at this point, but reason why I say I'm not, I don't feel bad for Melo in this uh, sense is because Jason Tatum said it afterwards. Records are meant to be broken, and I'll explain that to you guys uh, in a second. But oh, absolutely, Carmelo Anthony, he could have his four uh, medals, one bronze, and three gold. But it's different when it's like when people already we we know people don't do their research. People don't do their research and they'll say, "Oh, Carmelo Anthony, oh, you was on the you was on the redeem team. You weren't doing X Y Z. You had D Way, you had Kobe, you had Brunia, blah, blah, yada, 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 yada." Carmelo Anthony sits at the top of that list with those gold medals. So I think, even though the record is no longer his, I think the respect factor for Melo only grew. Because even the people that may have known about his basketball resume and those Olympic titles, Olympic gold medals, it means it's a little different when you realize on top of that historic list, yeah. Carmelo Anthony's at the top of it. Even if he's number two, I think it still kind of proves the point. But he's uh, still there. That's what matters. Word. And I think that's what's kind of interesting because after the game, Kevin Durant spoke about it. And Kevin Durant said that he already knows who's going to surpass him. Now, before I get to who he said is going to surpass him, Kevin Durant is – I can't wait to ask him about this. Going back to, like I said on Wednesday, going back to his combine and him saying that he heard the laughs when he was doing his push-ups. He heard the laughs when when he was uh, doing the bench press. And all he could think was, give me a ball. Considering that the international game is more physical than the NBA, I wonder if Kevin Durant takes a little more pride in owning that all-times points record now. Um, what I will say is after the game, he went, came out and said that Jason Tatum will be the one to surpass him in terms of uh, that all-time leaderboard. Uh Jason Tatum spoke about it after the game as well, and he said that he obviously he's honored by that. It's, it just speaks to the respect that they both have for each other. And then Jason Tatum followed that up by saying, I have a long way to go. <laughs> so <laughs> good attitude by Jason Tatum on that one. Um, quarterfinal games came out today. And I believe they're actually scrolling right now as we speak. Uh, Slovenia has Germany. And I'm going to stand by what I what I said before about uh, Salim said that you you – Pretty sure that Slovenia might win a gold, and I told you, go ahead and uh, bank on that. I believe not necessarily that they're going to win the gold, but bank on them meddling, no doubt. In, uh, in the 16 games, this is straight for Slovenia. They haven't lost. Yep. There's a, there's, there's a stat for you. Gold, but yeah, they're getting 
They're they're definitely gonna meddle, at least in my opinion. I think they're gonna meddle. Um the US, and this is where I finally get to go back and redo my story, guys. So I finally get to go do it. At least I believe so. The US has drawn Spain. So Palgasol, Team USA, one more run in, one more historic outcome. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes of it. I'm excited to see um, for what it's worth, man. We talk about Patty Mills and how he's a different person when he plays for Australia. Ricky Rubio is a different person when he plays for Spain. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how this works for either team. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I've watched this team, like I said, shoot the lights out. And I've also watched this team shoot 10 of 39 from three against France. I, I don't know. I think Damian Lillard is going to have a big game. Against Spain? Yep. Damian Lillard is going to have a big game against Spain. Damian Lillard has been having repeated big games. So that doesn't surprise me. I actually think you might be on to something with that. Um, you got to be all in on Dame Dollar. <laughs> who wouldn't be? Uh, Simone Biles have, has also withdrawn again from uh, individual competition, so that means she has yet to perform on the balance beam. Um, Mo Power Tour, I'm going to continue to say that. Um, and then also I'm, I want to highlight really quick two swimmers in particular, but U.S. swimming is continuing to be dominant here at uh, the Olympics in Tokyo. Caleb Dressel has ran his gold uh, count to five. He's up to five gold medals. And on the other hand, Bobby Fink is up to two gold medals. And Bobby Fink had a comeback last night where he was in third for three quarters of the race. And that final turn, I watched the way that he exploded off the wall. And as soon as he made the explosion, the explosion was so quick that I truthfully thought that the that the guy in uh, and I don't know his name, sorry for that, but there was a German in uh, in uh, first place, and Bobby Fink's move was so fast that I thought the German stopped swimming. That's how fast the move was. So I I wasn't gonna have this show and I wasn't gonna uh, not mention those people. Um, anything else? Who's Aquaman? On that team. Bobby Fink right now. <laughs> no, it's Caleb Dressel. Um, was, you know what's funny? And Michael Phelps is at the house laughing at everybody right now. Like Michael was, Phelps was, is laughing. We've had some tremendous swimmers. Um, for Simone uh, Biles, though, um, take care of your, your physical health first and foremost. When something physical happens to a person's body, it messes with their mental health. Um, Absolutely. I've uh, a lot of people are are upset of what she's doing. She's getting a lot of criticism. Yet people don't understand that it's the physical being that messes with the mental. It's all connected. It's it's all in one. Like once you once you mess up your body on an injury, or once you feel something's not right with your body, your mental is gonna take you out of it completely. You did so. Uh, um, she's getting a lot of a lot of hate. I had to I had to stop. I've heard a few choice of words. Everybody's been bringing to my attention. I had to stop all of that, um, hmm. just because they need to understand. Like it's it's physical. It's not just mental. Physical starts everything, and then it becomes mental. Um, and then that's 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 about it that I got on that. Um, 
on a her on her case. And at the end of the day, as I said before, a lot of the people that are commenting on her haven't accomplished half of what she has accomplished. So as I said before, you're speaking from a seat that you've never been in. They haven't even completed 5%. So until next time, guys, keep on talking.